I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain, a masquerade crafted and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain, and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Item number SCP-7205 Special Containment Procedures Access to SCP-7205 can only be obtained by conforming to a wide number of measurable averages. Although this list is not comprehensive, and this is not the only known means of ingress, entry to the anomaly can be reliably achieved when a person, meeting all of the following requirements, leaves a population center with the intent to reach the city of Lima, Ohio. The driver has been en route for at least 48 minutes, or has covered a distance of at least 47 kilometers. The driver is occupying a crossover vehicle. The driver is the sole occupant of the vehicle, and the vehicle contains one or no pets. The driver is between the ages of 31 and 45. The driver has a personal income approximating $35,977, or is a member of a household with an approximate income of $67,521. Update. As the result of a research cooperation agreement, only one scientific observer is permitted at any given time. Any observers present beyond the single designated unit will be treated by the anomaly as a statistical inclusion and are subject to the effects of the anomaly. Classified Object Description SCP-7205 is the designation for the collective phenomenon affecting the city of Lima, which is nominally reported to be in Central Ohio, USA. Within the boundaries of the city, all demographics and events are representative of the average American on a per capita basis. This representation includes demographics and events which would normally deviate day by day, but normalize over long periods of time, such as the birth rate and death rate. The city of Lima, Ohio has a reported population of 16,200 people. Although available information within the anomaly designates its location as approximately 80 kilometers northwest of Columbus, Ohio, 
Observable geography does not support this conclusion. The city limits encompasses approximately 200 square kilometers and is bordered by a mountain range, a desert, a large body of salt water, a river, a region of rolling plains, a deciduous forest, and a salt flat. The specific direction in which these geographic features are located is variable, as well as their location relative to other geographic features. SCP-7205-1 is the designation for a probability engine located in the geographic center of the anomaly. This object is composed of a polished black stone and resembles a railroad spike, approximately 8 meters in height. The engine produces a significant amount of ontokinetic radiation, which is believed to be responsible for the edits to local space-time. These edits include changes to the personal history and physiology of residents in order to conform to expected statistical models, but has, so far, not extended beyond the boundaries of the anomaly. Transition into and out of the anomaly is closely regulated by an armed security force which reports to a central statistical command. This command office is located within City Hall and is not accessible to the public. Addendum 1 Discovery On 23 September 2017, Agent Clinton DeRoe left the Site 11 facility in Lansing, Michigan, en route to rendezvous with the Level 1 Research Detachment in the Ohio River Valley. At 2 hours 21 minutes into Agent DeRoe's journey, the vehicle GPS stopped reporting location data and failed to respond to pings. A visual search was conducted for the missing agent, as well as his vehicle, and returned no useful leads. On 15 May 2022, almost five years after his disappearance, Agent DeRoe and his vehicle began transmitting their location from a truck stop near White Sands, New Mexico. Contact was made and the agent and his vehicle were retrieved. The following is the debriefing interview with Agent DeRoe. Access, interview log. Ready when you are, Agent DeRoe. All right. Are we good to go? If I have to start this over a third time, I won't be a happy camper. I promise. Fresh batteries this time. Okay. My name is Clinton DeRoe. I'm a field investigator stationed at Site 11. I stumbled upon what is provisionally designated as SCP-7205 quite some time ago. Well, I'm here to report on that, I guess. And we picked you up at White Sands National Park, some 1,600 miles from your last known location, almost five years later. Yep. That sounds about right. Why don't you fill me in on the details of how you got from A to B? Ohio has a funny way of doing that to a person. Doing what, exactly? Never mind. Bad joke. The day I left is still very clear to me. I departed Site 11 a little after 0830. Thermos of coffee. Tunes. Overnight bag with two sets of work clothes. Two sets of casuals toiletries, 
very little else. I was driving a Chevy Tahoe from the facility's vehicle bay. And as far as I know, it was a an otherwise normal car. No weird features or experimental gadgets other than the antenna for the data link. Somewhere around Toledo, I just kind of wasn't in Ohio anymore. Is there a moment you can distinctly point to when you realize something was wrong? Yeah, these cliffs. Big, rocky cliffs with high-rise apartment buildings on them. I wasn't on the main highway. I came around this bend in the road out of a little forested valley. And as soon as the trees cleared, all that stuff was just there. Ten or twelve-story high-rise apartment buildings up on some kind of seaside cliffs. I must have been an easy hundred miles from Lake Erie at that point, though. Almost literally in the middle of nowhere. And then, hey, high-rise on seaside cliffs. Presumably you stopped for some investigation. Not originally. I mean, yes, but I just needed gas. I pulled in at a roadside station and topped up. Old guy behind the counter kept giving me funny looks and eyeballing the vehicle. That's probably just hindsight talking. Anyway, I left and that's when I got mugged. Beg pardon? Yeah. Yeah, I was mugged at gunpoint. Two men met me outside the gas station standing near the vehicle. They were wearing some kind of security uniforms with vests over top. They had badges that said CSC in gold embroidery. Is this the Central Statistical Command from your report? That's the one. That's the one. The first guy hit me. Cole caught me right in the eye. I fell down pretty hard and they took my wallet, but they didn't take the money out. And then I heard them saying something to each other. It was all pretty fuzzy uh, because of the shot in the head, but I'm certain it was something to the effect of might as well double up or do on both. After that, they helped me to my feet, helped me brace against the wall and shot me in the shoulder at point blank range. That would be the point where I passed out. Mugged and shot by the local security? Did they know you were Foundation? No, there's no way they could have. I woke up hours later in a hospital. Surgery already done and apparently stable. From there, I was allowed to recover and then assigned a temporary apartment while a job was arranged. Why did you ask them for a job? I didn't. I wasn't allowed to leave. Did they explain why not? Did you know Americans move states once every five years on average? Addendum 2. In Media Res. After the recovery of Agent DeRoe, a task force was dispatched to further investigate activity within the anomaly. Despite extensive reconciliation with available GPS data, as well as an exhaustive physical search, resources were unable to locate the city of Lima, Ohio. A second task force wave was dispatched, attempting to more closely mirror the circumstances under which Agent DeRoe went missing. 
patrolling the upper Ohio River Valley in teams of two and four agents. After three days, resources were unable to locate the city of Lima, Ohio. Containment specialists assigned to the investigation made a recommendation to assign task force agents to other priorities and conduct the search using less qualified employees with fewer specialized skills. Within the three-day allotted window for this investigation, a pair of field agents were able to rediscover the anomaly and successfully return with relevant information. Among the objects recovered from the containment zone was a personal invitation from the mayor of Lema to parlay with a single designee of the foundation's choosing. To whom it may concern, your attempts to intrude upon our peace will remain fruitless and ultimately harmful to both institutions. I'd invite you to cease your search and adopt a more civil approach. Please consider carefully a representative to explain your interests in our fair city, and I will ensure their safe passage in and out of Lema. The Honorable J.D. Wiggins, Esquire. Addendum 3. Negotiation. On 1 July 2022, Agent Clinton DeRoe was approved via special request to carry out the parlay with the anomaly. DeRoe was outfitted with relevant recording equipment and escorted to the rendezvous coordinates as designated by the invitation. Access Interview Log The recording begins as Agent DeRoe walks across the highway and enters into an SUV. He is flanked by two armed men wearing CSC uniforms who sit on either side of him. The vehicle starts, turns toward the anomaly, and enters the city. The camera records three different checkpoints as the vehicle enters the downtown area and comes to stop outside of a cafe. This location has a direct view of a central park as well as Dash 1. Agent DeRoe is escorted inside the cafe, where he is beckoned to a table against the front window by a man who appears to be in his mid to late fifties. He has salt and pepper hair, a well-maintained goatee, and is dressed in a charcoal gray three-piece suit with a jacket slung over the back of his chair. A steaming pot of coffee occupies the middle of the table. The man has already poured himself a cup before Agent DeRoe's arrival. Well, Mr. Wiggins, invitation received and here I am. We meet again. I must say I'm pleasantly surprised that it's your face I get to see here across this table. And please, you know that just J.D. is fine. Obviously, this place and I have a unique relationship. I'm not sure unfinished business is the right set of words to use, but it's not far off. I can appreciate that. Please go ahead and pour yourself some coffee. Can I order you something to eat? That question actually doesn't make any sense. This isn't a time people normally eat. Wiggins smiles as he raises his cup of coffee and takes a long sip. No. No, it's not, but you are an outlier to our statistical model. Or at least now you are. Me? Personally? 
Sort of, yes. Clint, I think it's fair to say that you never really embraced what we do here, right? Definitely did not embrace it, no. You dehumanize people. You reduce them to statistics and demographics. You've eschewed each and every adjective from a human being, except for the ones you've fabricated categories for. Why would I want to embrace that? You're not talking about the entire planet worth of people. This is just a few thousand souls that you're supposed to be looking out for. Their responsibility, your responsibility, is each other's welfare. Not what you put me through. Wiggins nods as he puts the coffee back down and leans back in his seat. Yes, and that's why your presence here confuses me. There's no way they'd allow someone with such powerful bias to carry out this investigation, so I have to conclude that you lied and omitted most things that happened here in your report. Is that true? Yes, they know very little. I understand what they value, and they'd see the manipulation you command as a tool. And so you've come to poison the proverbial well. If I can. Or if not, poison it to convince you there's nothing to be gained from breaching the veil you've constructed. They're just going to fuck with your numbers. They can't, Clint. Of course they can't. If you knew them like I do, you'd understand they see potential value anywhere. And no, Clint. They can't ruin anything. Do you even understand what it is you're orbiting here? How insignificant you are as an individual when compared to the calculus that underlies this thing and everything surrounding us. As a man, you will be married before your 30th birthday to a woman who is just shy of 28. After your wedding, your wife and the other women ages 18 to 44 will be responsible for their fair share of about 880 births each and every year. You'll keep rolling the dice until you get your 1.93 children, all the while enjoying the safety and security that comes with the model we provide. That's not my path. What's so hard to understand about that? Not to mention, what do you fill that last 700s with? That is your path when you live here. We've taken away all the pain and hardship of not knowing what your future has in store for you. Don't you see... Don't you know how many young people would kill for the comforting knowledge? They'll have a partner before 30 to raise a family with. Oh, you're just going to ignore my last statement. I suppose you just also conveniently ignore the 50% of marriages end in divorce statistic. We don't ignore it. It's just both incorrect and irrelevant. And how's divorce irrelevant? I wouldn't let that happen to you. People who get divorced once are much, much more likely to get divorced again. What? What do you mean by that? It's self-evident, isn't it? We stack up the divorces. It minimizes the number of people affected by the trauma and gives people like you the best odds of making a long, healthy, happy relationship out of it. But nobody needs statistics for that. That's up to me as a person. And my partner. It's in our hands, not a calculator's. While that's very poetic of you, it's indicative of a rational mind trying to make sense of an irrational world. 
You cannot handle the dissonance created by thinking any other way, and so you've simply fallen back into a defense. Very understandable, but also ultimately crude. We can do better. You think taking away the ability to determine your own story is somehow better? That's not what we do at all. We simply remove the extraneous bits that hold the gifted back. At the cost of the well-being of everyone fucking else? Look, Clint, I very literally don't make the rules. The way we do things here is just a reflection. One in ten adults owes more than a grand in medical debt. One in one hundred owes more than ten grand. Are you either of those? One in ten adults is in poverty. One in ten doesn't have health insurance. One in ten claims disability. Were you any of those? No, of course not. You expect me to be thankful for that? Any one of those could happen to anybody. Oftentimes it's totally beyond their control. Not here it isn't. Not to people like you and me. And what about me makes me anything like you? Wiggins shrugs silently and takes another long sip of his coffee. I see the potential. It's just that simple. When I look at you, I see a younger version of myself. Yes, a little bit physically, but the drive inside of you. Your ambition, your passions, the same fabric that inspires and drives you, also unites us. Like... Like a son you never had? Yes, something like that. So you cheated. Nominally for me, but mostly for yourself. To protect the people you like and heap bad news on the ones you don't. Is that about sum it up? Look. It's not that I'm not grateful for the good things that have happened to me. But enjoying the fruits of good things that come at the direct expense of another person's suffering? That's evil. By definition, that's evil. Do you do you not see that? These things happen in our world each and every day, Clint. The population of Lema is such that every five years there will be a homicide. This year, 16 people will be robbed. 40 people will be the victim of aggravated assault. 75 will be the victim of burglary. And 38 vehicles will be stolen. That's going to happen. Not by my doing or my compulsion, but because of human nature and the immorality that surrounds us. Am I evil for making that affect as few people as possible? For that, no. But you choose someone, and you decide that they have to suffer. Chips fall where they may. At least random chance has a clear conscience. But you... Sit here in a three-piece suit, casually telling me that you've rigged the entire thing. And you don't lose a wink of sleep over it. Random chance isn't a person. It doesn't have a conscience. The universe doesn't care about you, Clint. It can't. But I can. And I do. If that's the price, then I wish you didn't. You're one of the lucky ones, Clint. It's easy to sling statements like that for moral high ground when you don't know what the muck is like. You're made for something else, something greater. Something that can only come from the advantages our model offers. 
I thought I had everything here in Lima. But you... But you opened my eyes. It showed me it was a lie. I thought that was bad enough. To have the realization and feel the joy of five years of accomplishments turn to ashes in my mouth. But you tore my heart out all over again when you chose to take it from me. To deport me. Emily, both my daughters, our house, our neighborhood, my job, my friends, my life. We were just a statistic to you. I said my piece. I want nothing more from you. You are here representing an organization that exists solely to hide behind the curtain and keep it shut. Yet out of the other side of your mouth, you besmirch the fact that I let you see behind this one. If your employer wants to keep talking, tell them to send someone more reasonable. Wiggins motions the personnel outside. The guards then enter the cafe to retrieve Agent DeRoe. Every town has that one rich asshole that has all the power and sticks his finger in everybody's business. Lucky for you that you drew that lot, huh? And every town has that one rebellious kid raised with a silver spoon up his ass, who cuts off his nose despite his face. Luck has nothing to do with it. It never did. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.